Your child is in the right seat is just one of the steps down the road to safer travel. I don't know how it works. Find the right seat for your little one's age and size. There's no better way to get home safely. Know for sure that your child is in the right seat. How can I ever thank you enough? Get all the facts at safercar.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Dear John, I was hoping it wouldn't come to this, but you've left me no choice. I'm leaving. Uncontrolled high blood pressure is really serious, and lately you seem to really not care. I've been there for you since day one, and I know you think I'm going to keep ticking. But no, my friend, I can quit whenever I want. Why can't we get back to the good times, when we were more active and ate more healthy foods, and you checked on me every once in a while? Is that too much to ask? I don't want to leave, but unless you stop ignoring me, what else am I supposed to do? Remember, when I quit, you quit. Sincerely, your heart. Listen to your heart. Don't let it quit on you. Doing the minimum to control your high blood pressure isn't doing enough. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. Find out how at heart.org slash blood pressure. Check, change, control. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. You don't usually get a stock tip from a 16-year-old, but I'm here to tell you about a different kind of stock. It's called Better Futures. A stock for social change that's not about making money. Instead, you invest to help students like me go to college. This is beyond a simple donation. It's the opportunity for America to invest in its kids and take an active stake in the future of the country. The return on your investment isn't money. What you get back is knowing you protected our potential. So one day, that potential can grow up to become surgeons and architects, executives and engineers, people who can change the future just by being a part of it. My name is Alicia, and I am your dividend. Invest in better futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org slash invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. A public service announcement brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. Welcome, NBA fans. Tonight, NBA Man, nothing beats seeing an NBA game in person. Hey, buddy, thanks again for driving. So, where are our seats? Oh, we're sitting right around the corner. Hey, but before we do anything, let me stop for a second at the designated driver booth and make the pledge. Excuse me, sir, did you say designated driver? <laughs> yeah, I'm the designated driver tonight. Congratulations, you are a winner. And for being the designated driver and always buckling up every trip, every time, you have won the adoration of your friends and family who will get home safely from the game. Cool. Your prize also includes the gratitude of all of the drivers on the road who won't have to fear for their lives. And finally, you've won the chance to follow your favorite NBA team to the NBA Finals because responsibility has its rewards. Woo! Yeah. To find out more, visit the designated driver booth at the arena or visit rhir.org. A message from this station and Team Coalition. News Talk 1450 WOLAM, where information is power. The views and opinions of the following show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of News Talk 1450 WOL, Radio 1 Incorporated, or their management. Good morning and welcome to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. Now for today's show. Here's attorney Ethel Mitchell. Good morning. Welcome. I am your host, attorney Ethel Mitchell. Welcome to all who are listening live throughout the world on WLAM, WLDCnews.com, and LawTalkWithEthelMitchell.com. This program is brought to you by my law office, Wills and Trust, LLC, where I prepare wills, trust, power of attorneys, and advanced medical directives. So if you or someone you know needs a will, a trust, or assistance in administering an estate, give me a call at 202-772-1988. That's 202-772-1988. My sponsor, Equity Resources, is here in Washington, D.C., and will buy your home quickly and for cash. So if you have a home in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area, call Equity Resources at 202-621-6632. As you hear me say every week, law is powerful. It can help you or it can hurt you. 
It impacts everything you do. What you don't know can hurt you, and what you do know can empower you. And that is certainly true of our subject today and hopefully every program. Each week, Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell aims to empower you by bringing you professionals who know the law to enlighten you. All of our programs are archived on my website, lawtalkwithethelmitchell.com. So if you missed a program, go there, click on the link that says Archive, and the programs are posted, usually within 72 hours of their airing. You're welcome to be part of the conversation. My executive producer, Stacy Royster, is standing by throughout the program to pass along your comments or questions. You can call us at 1-800-450-7876 or tweet us at LawTalkEM. Also, don't forget to like us on Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell on Facebook. I must remind you that what you hear on this program is for information purposes only. No attorney-client relationship is established by anything that's said on this program. Each person's circumstances are different and you must seek individual counsel for any situation for which you need legal advice. So let's get started with our subject today. It's really kind of difficult to have conversations with our families and our loved ones about end-of-life needs and long-term health care planning, but it's very, very necessary. This critical information is not just for those who are aging, however, Long-term health care also refers to help that people with chronic illnesses, disabilities, or other conditions need on a daily basis over an extended period of time. The type of help needed can range from assistance with simple activities such as bathing, dressing, and eating, to skilled health care provided by nurses, therapists, and other professionals. According to the United States Government Administration on Aging, a person turning 65 today has a 70% chance of needing some type of long-term health care services. So all those baby boomers out there like I am, you need to be listening and doing what you need to do to take care of this need. And it's huge. According to the most recent biennial national study, of long-term care providers. In 2012, about 58,500 paid, regulated long-term care services providers served about 8 million people in the United States. Each day in 2012, there were also 273,000 participants enrolled in adult day services centers. 1,383,000 residents in nursing homes and 713,000 residents in residential care communities. In 2011, about 4,742,000 patients received services from home care providers, home care health agencies, and 1,244,000 500 patients received services from hospice. So this is a huge, huge need. It is growing in our society, in our country, in our communities. And today's guest, Attorney Sachs, is going to discuss what you need to know about planning for long-term health care and protecting your assets. But first, let me tell you about her. Attorney Donna Clemens Sachs is the principal of Donna Clemens Sachs, LLC. She has practiced law in the state of Maryland and the District of Columbia for nearly 30 years. She received her bachelor's in English from the University of Maryland and her law degree from Georgetown University Law Center. Attorney Sachs is a member of the Maryland State Bar Association, Elder Law and Estate and Trust Sections, and the District of Columbia Bar Association, Estate and Trust Section, and is also a member of the succession planning group <laughs> that she and I both belong to with uh, Cheryl Chapman Henderson, who's been on the program, and others. 
Welcome, Don. I've been trying for months to get you on this program. (laughs) Thank you, and good morning, Attorney Mitchell. I am very, very happy to have you here. Now, tell me, or tell my audience, aside from when somebody ages and just gets to the place when they're in their home where they can no longer live, either independently or without, you know, assistance from health care providers, what is the most typical situation that you can share with us as to how people come to need this kind of care? What what often happens? I won't say usually, but what often happens? Tell us. I think the most common situation uh, could be where a person can develop a disease either slowly, such as Alzheimer's, like we're familiar with, or may have uh, a heart problem or suffer from cancer, and comes to a place where they're no longer able to take care of their needs and uh, no one is available to provide for them. Okay. Could it also be like if you have a stroke or people fall down and I've had several clients to fall down and God, you know, and unfortunately they'll have like a fracture in their hip or something like that and they end up having to go in the hospital. Mm-hmm. What Take us through the steps that usually happens and, and, and try to explain for my audience what is the difference between regular hospital care and how do you get to long-term care and what's, what's the distinction because a lot of people don't understand that. All right. Uh, I'll use your example of having a fall. Mm-hmm. A person, say, might go to a, uh, an emergency room and has suffered complications from the fall. They're admitted to the hospital. They stay for at least three nights and receive the proper care and treatment. Then at some point when they are released, they are usually released to a rehab facility where they receive physical occupational therapy, but sometimes a person does not improve as a result of that therapy and may not be able to uh, care for their daily needs, the activities of daily living that Attorney Mitchell uh, described before, being able to eat without assistance or transfer from a chair to a bed without assistance. Mm-hmm. And then we find ourselves in a situation where they may have to uh, remain in a nursing situation. Some people may have an ailment that requires serious daily medical intervention. They might need a ventilator. They might mm-hmm. need a uh, feeding tube, that mm-hmm. kind of thing, and they're going to need oxygen. S- yes. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to be skilled nursing care on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. This is different from custodial care where perhaps you could stay in your home and you could either have a relative uh, care for you or have paid help come in. When we're talking about long-term care in a nursing home, we're talking about uh, very serious illness that needs medical intervention on a daily basis. Okay, that's a good distinction, and it's a good one for people to know. So this is something where you need daily assistance, and it's not something usually that you can get in your home. That's correct. Okay, so now why wouldn't a person think that, or, or they may think it, but why wouldn't Medicare if we're talking about older people or even disabled people who are on Social Security, doesn't Medicare pay for that? Isn't that the kind of thing that Medicare pays for? Medicare will pay for your hospital stay and will pay uh, for some degree of rehab. But Medicare Medicare is only available for uh, 100 days. And the time, as, as the days pass, you will have to contribute to that cost of care. And when you reach 100 days, then either you have to apply for Medicaid or you have to uh, establish some kind of private pay or you may use long-term care insurance to pay for your care after that. Okay. So when we come back, we're going to uh, go into more detail about this. This is very good. Thank you. Thank you. 1450 WOL, 
where information is power. Moving today or tomorrow and not sure who to call? Well, your worries are over. Ted's Moving and Hauling at 301-254-8221 is your one-stop place to call when you need to move from your apartment, home, or office. Ted's Moving and Hauling is one of the best with experience and professional movers to handle all your needs with no job too large or too small. Ted's can do it all. Call now to find out more. 301-254-8221. That's 301-254-8221. Need something hauled away? Ted can do that too. Ted's Moving and Hauling is one of the best and with some of the best prices in town. So if you need to move uptown, downtown, or out of town, call Ted's Moving and Hauling today at 301-254-8221. That's 301-254-8221. That's Ted's Moving and Hauling. Moving you from your home, office, or church. Call Ted's today at 301-254-8221. With a Sam's Club membership, you get incredible savings every time you shop. Rush into your local club and save on essentials for the big game. Pick up party favorites like a DiGiorno Pizza 3-pack for less than $5 a pizza. Tasty pork ribs, just $3.98 a pound. And a 3-pound party pack of delicious Tyson boneless buffalo wings for just $11.98. Plus, join now and get a free welcome package. Join and save. Sam's Club. Life is better when you're in the club. See club for details. You wanted to see me? Yes, please. Have a seat. So here's the thing. When this company brought you on, we took a chance on you. You didn't have that four-year college degree we typically look for. Right. But we gave you a shot anyway. And since then, you've worked incredibly hard and given it your all. Thanks. You've been an important asset to the team. But I don't think you can be an intern here anymore. We want to hire you. You're, you're serious? Absolutely. Find your next great employee. Introduce yourself to the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. I won't let you down. I know. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Welcome back to The Cat Show. Up next, we have Nico. Nico is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right. A group known especially for their sunspot sleeping, ball chasing, leg rubbing, couch purring, bed leaping, and of course, companionship. Wonderful. And what breed would you say Nico is? I'd have to go with a tabbyish Persian kind of mix. Tremendous cat. I'd also like to point out her coat's wonderful mix of colors. Is it black, gray, gray, black, brown? Somewhere in between. Indeed. You know, it's always special when we get to see a cat like this. Just look how she struts. It's like she owns the place. And how she's so incredibly cute in her indifference to commands. A strong-willed feline. Ah, and see how she curls up and cuddles her person. The pitch on her purring is simply perfect. Nice one. I know. Fantastic cat. Fantastic indeed. But really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Nico is to meet one. Visit the shelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. To support the Washington, D.C. community during winter's coldest months, Bethany Christian Services, a global nonprofit adoption, family preservation, and child welfare agency, is inviting individuals and local schools to join in their fostering warmth drive, collecting coats, mittens, and hats for families in crisis at the Coalition for the Homeless. Donations can be made throughout this time at 1234 Massachusetts Avenue. For more information, call Bethany at 202-791-3815. News Talk 1450 WOLAM, where information is power. Welcome back. This is Attorney Ethel Mitchell of Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. We are discussing a very important subject today, and as you listen, I want you to listen not only for yourself, but for your mothers, your fathers, your grandparents, your, you know, um, aunts and uncles, because this is a, a, a fact of life that you need to prepare for. You really do. Uh, we no longer have the luxury of living with many generations in the same family. Like when I grew up, you know, my grandmother, her sister, my grandfather, and his sister were all in the same house. And so, and in those days, you didn't go anywhere, you know. My mother took care of everybody, and, and, and that was what was done. And, and um, 
it's not like that anymore. And um, so you have to take care of, number one, knowing what your options are, and then number two, making arrangements for it. So, Donna, before the break, you were we were speaking with Attorney Donna Clemens-Sachs. She is informing us about long-term care. Uh, let me give you her contact information. If you wish to reach Attorney Sachs, you can reach her. Her telephone number is 301-649-2600. That's 301-649-2600. Her email address is dsaxlaw, and that's D-S-A-C-K-S-L-A-W at verizon.net. And you can tweet her at Donna C. Sachs, and Sachs is spelled with a K, S-A-C-K-S. So, Donna, uh, just before... Uh, we we went to break. You were beginning to talk to us about how Medicare calculated how long they would pay for if you were in the hospital, um, and how many days. I think you said a hundred days. That's correct. Okay. Now, after, but you have to have been actually admitted to the hospital. That's correct. You have to uh, have three nights in the hospital. Uh, We run into a situation these days where in order to prevent people from getting those three nights is to keep someone in a hallway and not admit them officially but or only for one or two nights and then the Medicare uh, with the follow-up care does not kick in. For, mm. the, for the rehab piece. Okay, so so remember that, everyone. You have to be in the hospital for three nights, and then the Medicare for 100 days will kick in. Yes. Okay, and each time you go to the hospital, if that circumstance occurs, it starts over again. That's correct. Okay, now, talk to us about when Medicare start. what does Medicare provide for, and then... When does it end, and what happens at that point? All right. Um, Medicare works this way. Most people have Part A, which covers any hospital services that you might receive. Part B of Medicare is for general types of medical treatment, outpatient care, some other uh, medical services that Part A doesn't cover. Mm-hmm. We also have Part D, which is the prescription drug coverage uh, piece of Medicare. So you, you need to have all of those pieces, A, B, and D, for them to pay for the the range of services that you just talked about. Because I've had some clients who don't have all of that. And so if you don't have B, for example, does that mean Medicare is not going to pay for those services? If you don't have B, you might have to pay out of pocket. But, again, that's a very individual type of situation. No no size fits all. Okay. It depends on the illness, uh, that kind of thing. Okay. Okay. So now what happens to those costs that Medicare does not pay for, and then talk to us about what happens when Medicare runs out, stops paying. All right. Uh, As, say, uh, a person is in long-term care, is receiving uh, services in in what we would call a nursing facility, and the 100 days is running. At this point, you have to, uh, there, there will be a copay, going towards those 100 days. And when the 100 days are over, you're placed in a situation where either you will pay out of pocket, uh, you you might have long-term care insurance, and you would have to uh, initiate that. Or if if you don't have the assets or the insurance, then you'll have to file for Medicaid to cover your costs for long-term care in a nursing facility. And what is that process like when you file for Medicaid? Uh, it's it's very difficult. Uh, you have to fill out an application that uh, requests all of your financial information. If you're married, you have a spouse, then their information must be included as well. We look at all kinds of eligibility. Uh, 
one of the first things that uh, the government demands now is to look at your immigration status. Mm, that's different. Do you have to be a U.S. citizen in order to get Medicaid? Is that, is in, that m- in most cases, yes. And again, that uh, those regulations are are changing. Uh, so we will have to see how that develops. Okay, okay. Then uh, government... Look- and, and let me, before you go any further, when you say financial information, they're actually, they're talking about your actual checking account statements. Do you have to bring those in? You have to bring in everything. Uh, you have to bring in the deed for your house. You have to bring in information about checking, savings, CDs, if you have any stocks or bonds. Uh, if you have a uh, home in addition, you have your home and you might have additional uh, real property. When we talk about assets, it means everything. Everything, okay. They also right. look at income from all sources. There, there are a few exceptions to that, but... Uh, I think for the average person, they'll be looking at whatever income uh, you receive, whether it's uh, someone in in your home is still working or you're receiving Social Security or have a civil service annuity, whatever kind of income you have, uh, the government is going to want to know about that. When you say someone in your home, are they, if you have an adult child that lives in your home, are they looking at their Assets and income, too? No, the the government generally looks at the spouse. Okay, all right, all right, okay. And and what are the requirements for, what, what's the criteria for, for determining if you meet the requirements so that Medicaid, as opposed to Medicare, will pay for your long-term health care? Well, the person who applies for Medicaid may not have more than a certain amount of money in their own name. And how much is that? Approximately, I mean, in, it may vary. In but the state of Maryland, it's $2,500. $2,500, period. Period, not uh, $2,500.01. It's $2,500. Oh. In the District of Columbia, that's $4,000. So regardless of how much money you may have made over your lifetime, regardless of how much, whatever, you cannot have more than $2,500 or $4,000 in your own name. That's correct. When you apply for the government through Medicaid to pay for your long-term care health. That's correct. Okay. Now, why can't you just give it away to somebody? You may be able to transfer money to a spouse but you cannot qualify for Medicaid if you've simply given money away at any time uh, with, well, I will say uh, five years prior to your applying for Medicaid. Five years? Yes. How do you know what you gave away? You will, you will have to go back through the records. Uh, the government will look through everything and can they get into your checking account and savings accounts and stuff like that? Yes, they can. Oh, wow. For and five years back? Uh, you will have to provide that information. Wow. That, that's kind of expensive, too, because banks charge you for that. That's right. If you haven't kept your statements on paper or scanned them and be able to print them for five years, then it can get very expensive getting those copies getting from the, the bank. getting the papers. Wow. So if you gave your son or your daughter a $10,000 gift the year before, trying to get down, to spend down, they're going to see that. They are going to see that, and it will it very well may contribute to making you ineligible at this point of your application. Okay, when we come back from break, we're going to go into more detail about what does that mean that you're ineligible at that point, okay? Okay, thank you. We'll be right back. This is really good information, you all. Listen up. 1450 WOL, where information is power. Welcome back to The Dog Show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch-snuggling, ball-chasing, face-licking, tail-wagging, backyard-hanging, and, of course, companionship. And what breed would you say Satchmo is? I'd have to go with maybe a lavish terrier hound chihuahua looking kind of mix. Tremendous dog. Mm, I'd also like to point out Satchmo's coloring, a white, gray, brown, black brindle, simply marvelous. 
You know, it's such a treat to watch a dog like this. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with his person. That's actually known as the treat stare. How intuitive. And now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Ah, oh, the happy dance, so common with this group. And finally, the loving face lick. It's great how he just gets in there and, well, licks. Fantastic. But really, the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Satchmo is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Psst. Yeah, you. It's me. Your heart. Listen to me. We've got to talk. High blood pressure is serious, and yours? Whoa. What happened to us? We used to be so much more active. But lately, you've been ignoring me. I know you think I'm just going to keep ticking away forever, but you're wrong. You can do so much more to control your high blood pressure. Doing the minimum isn't doing enough. I'm under a lot of pressure and can quit whenever I want. Bet you didn't know that. But I like my job. Just treat me better. Check on me. Give me something green to nibble on every once in a while. And maybe we can do some exercise on occasion. Let's get to it. After all, we're in this together. Listen to your heart. Don't let it quit on you. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. Find out how at heart.org slash blood pressure. Check, change, control. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I want to be a glass countertop in a new home. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's best birthday present. When I grow up, I want to be a football stadium. When I grow up, I want to be a warm place on a cold day. When I grow up, I want to be a fancy backsplash. I want to be a bike that races around the when country. When I grow up, I want to be a bench on a forest when I trail. Grow up, I want to be a rocking chair on when a sunny I grow up, porch. I want to be a skyscraper. I want to be a... 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 When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. A public service advertisement brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. Today in school, I learned a lot. In chemistry, I learned that no one likes me. In English, I learned that I'm disgusting. And in physics, I learned that I'm a loser. Today in school, I learned that I'm ugly and useless. And in gym, I learned that I'm pathetic and a joke. In history, I learned that I'm trapped. Today in school, I learned that I have no friends. In English, I learned that I make people sick. And at lunch, I learned that I sit on my own because I smell. In chemistry, I learned that no one In biology, I learned that I'm fat and stupid. And in math, I learned that I'm trash. The only thing I didn't learn in school today... The only thing I didn't learn today... The only thing I didn't learn... is why no one ever helps. Kids witness bullying every day. They want to help, but they don't know how. Teach them how to stop bullying and be more than a bystander at stopbullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. News Talk 1450 WOLAM, where information is power. Welcome back. You're listening to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. I'm your host, Attorney Ethel Mitchell, and we are learning some very, very important information from Attorney Donna Clement Sachs uh, about long-term health care costs and the um, requirements of the government before it's willing to help to pay for your care at the end of life. So, Donna, tell me, uh, you, were, you were just saying to us that if you're in Maryland, you could only have $2,500 in your name, and in D.C., it's $4,000. What about your house? Do you have to give up your house? I mean, what's what's going on there? It's... The house is excluded from consideration as an asset. Uh, you generally have to sign uh, or have your doctor sign something that says, uh, a statement that says that it's your intent to return home. And if that is signed by the doctor, uh, if you have a spouse in the home, if you have an adult 
disabled child in the home, then on that basis your home will be excluded. Now, many times you will unfortunately go to nursing homes and the nursing home staff will tell you, well, you're going to have to sell your house. That's not true. Okay. But isn't it true that after you die and or after your spouse dies or your adult disabled child dies, the government is going to have a lien against that same house and try and get back from the sale of the house whatever money it paid for your care. That's correct. Uh, That is correct. And uh, it's possible to apply for an undue hardship waiver if this uh, was to happen, but generally those appeals are not successful. Okay, so the government's making you be a pauper before you die, which is ridiculous when you didn't pay taxes all your life. Now, what are the, what are the, and I think AARP and some of the other retirement organizations ought to pick this up, because um, I, it's terrible. Anyway, tell me, Donna, what are the, the exemptions of, you know, like, something with your spouse, you can do things with your spouse. Are there other kinds of transfers that you can make that are exempt from consideration, that are okay if you haven't, I mean, how do, how do you plan around this? What do you do? Uh, there, there are several uh, ways you can spend down to achieve that $2,500 or that $4,000. As long as you are paying for uh, goods or services, those types of pur- uh, purchases or uh, transferring money are considered to, uh, well, will not make you ineligible for Medicaid. For instance, you can make uh, repairs to your home, uh, you can buy a car, uh, you could take a trip because that's that's something for your benefit. As long as you're receiving goods or services when you uh, pay for something, then that's a transfer that does not carry a penalty that will not make you ineligible for Medicaid. Okay. Now, Let's say you made some transfers that will make you ineligible for Medicaid, okay? First of all, what's the time period? We call it the look-back period, I know. Uh, Lawyers will say five years before you apply. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. What happens if they say, oh, but uh, Ethel, you weren't supposed to give your son or your daughter this money? You know, what happens then? It depends on the amount of money that's been that you have given away. Say you have during the five years before you apply for Medicaid, you've given a son or a daughter ten thousand dollars. Well, mm-hmm. in the District of Columbia, that ten thousand dollar transfer is going to make you ineligible for Medicaid at the time that you apply. And for how long? One month. One month. Okay. Okay. So that means that you have to find a way to pay for your long-term care for at least a month before they will kick in if they find an ineligible transfer. That's that's correct. Okay. What happens if you deeded your house to your son or your daughter within the five-year period? It's possible in some jurisdictions for, for that to be undone but uh, I would not recommend that at at all. Uh, Attorney Mitchell and I often hear the question uh, when we uh, have these kinds of discussions, Mm -hmm. should I I, uh, deed my house over to my children? There are many reasons not to do that, but this is is a big one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because what did they, they they then use that as a reason to say they're not going to pay for your long-term care. That's right, because the the house... uh, you no longer own it. Mm-hmm. And it also has the issue of uh, creating uh, long-term gains for the son of... Well, that too. That, yeah. That's an and, issue too. But, but it's something that for many reasons it's not recommended. Yeah, yeah. Now, how can you get around this? I mean, how can you legally do what is allowed by law to protect your assets while still preparing to 
be able to get the government to pay for long-term care if you should need it. What, what can you do? What, what can a family do? What can an individual do that's looking down the road and saying, okay, I'm already 65, and the probability is pretty high that by the time I'm 70 or 75, you know, I may be in this situation. What are the kind of legal steps, planning that can be done that that people should consider doing? All right. Well, the first the first thing you have to do is to plan. Okay. That, that doesn't happen. Uh, there's a statistic that uh, says that many of us have paid for our funerals, but we don't look at long-term care. Okay. Uh, Another thing to consider is uh, divesting yourself of assets uh, as long as it's not going to disturb your standard of living with an eye to the, the fact that uh, you never know that when you might have to apply for Medicaid. Mm-hmm. Another thing that you can do is set up an irrevocable trust. That also has to be set up before the five-year period starts running, but... Uh, when you have this kind of trust, it protects a certain amount, well, any amount that you choose to put in this trust, but it can only be used for uh, services other than the medical services that uh, the government would provide. Okay. But when you do an irrevocable trust, don't you lose, don't you lose control over your assets at that point? Only the assets that you place into the into trust. the trust. Okay, so you you can't be the trustee of your irrevocable trust and have those assets be exempt if you later on come around and apply for Medicaid. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, when you set up this kind of a trust, you cannot serve as the trustee. The thing that makes the trust work is the fact that the trustee has absolute discretion as to whether to uh, give you any assets within the trust. It's very, very limited, and the trustee has absolute discretion. Okay, so if you have somebody that you you have confidence in, you know they're not going to run off with your money, you can <laughs> create an irrevocable trust, make them the trustee, okay, and then... Leave it up to them what they're going to do with what's in that trust. And, and what you're saying is they don't have to take care of you. But if they choose to do so, they, they may do so. Well, again, when you use the, they can make that choice. But when you say take care of them, we have to remember that this trust addresses needs other than medical, room and board, that kind of thing. Oh, okay. You might be surprised because with these trusts you're allowed to, uh, buy a television set, buy computer equipment, take mm-hmm. the person on a trip and provide a companion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, but you can't say take care of their medical care. That's correct. Okay. That would, that would, uh, that would invalidate it. That's correct. And, and, and the income from the trust isn't going to go to you, or at least that income can't, along with your other income, be more than the, the 2500 is, is that true, or am I stating that wrong? Is there an income limitation, an income qualifying trust? Okay, well, you, you, you said you can only have $2,500 in your, in your name, right? Mm-hmm. Some people get Social Security, and if you create this irrevocable trust, well, I guess you wouldn't be having an income stream coming to you from that trust anyway, or would you? Uh, no, if you were limited to Social Security benefits, those would probably be used to uh, cover uh, cost of care along with the uh, along with the Medicaid. Well, okay, okay, okay. Now, 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 now I'm understanding because I was I was confusing income with savings. You know, like you have money that you haven't touched. Maybe you get four thousand a month, but if you use it up, then that's a whole nother thing. Is, yes. that, is that the way it's, it's done? That's, that's the way it works. Again, with Medicaid, we're looking both at your assets, which are generally referred to as resources, and we also look at your income. Okay. What about for your spouse? Is there a um, – what kind of arrangements? Because I, I've heard of situations where, 
your Social Security and his Social Security would be more than the the amount that Medicaid, you know, allows you to have, but he needs the money to take care of himself, even if you're in a nursing home. Is that allowable? I mean, how how do they how do they calculate what you're allowed to to give to your spouse, so to speak? I mean, to for home care and so forth like that. All right. At the time that uh, a person makes a Medicaid application and they have a spouse, one part of the application is the uh, spousal allowance calculation that's done by the Medicaid caseworker. Again, you're going to already have the list of assets and income, but at this point we also look at the spouse's income and uh, the needs, whatever the spouse's needs may be. You're going to have to furnish uh, average monthly costs for utilities, uh, shelter, what they call shelter expenses, and the spouse is allowed to keep a certain amount of money. Uh, and in most places, the minimum uh, resource allowance is 23, about $24,000. But in that's for the spouse? Would, yes. Okay. As, as far as resources are concerned. So wait a minute. Let me make sure I'm understanding this. <laughs> if you've managed to save $50,000, okay, and your spouse has that in his name, okay, then do you mean he has to give up? 27000 of that money? No. Oh, okay. Okay. But if it's in your name, you are in your joint name, then they count that. They count that. Uh, as long as, say, you have a spouse uh, and a person who is facing going into the nursing home, even these joint assets are deemed to be owned by the person going into the nursing home by themselves. Wow, wow, that's criminal. That's terrible. Uh, we're listening to Attorney Donna Sachs, and those were my words. They were not Donna's words. Let me just make that clear. Okay, I think it's awful that the government has all this largesse for businesses and don't take and, and force people to become paupers at the end of their life. I really do. So that's... Ethel Mitchell talking there, okay? If you want some um, advice about this and learning how to protect your assets in this situation, please contact Attorney Donna Clemens-Sachs. I'm going to give out her phone number again. It's 301-649-2600. You can email her at dsachslaw at verizon.net and tweet her at Donna C. Sachs, and Sachs is with a K, S-A-C-K-S. Um, Donna, tell me a little bit more about the details of other things that we might be able to use, like long-term health care and things like that. I mean, and, and because they even have movies out now about, you know, people with early onset of Alzheimer's and so on. You were saying at the break, how long does a person with Alzheimer's typically live for? Uh if you have a person who has early onset, they can live as many as 20 years. Uh, we have to remember that when we talk about Alzheimer's and other dementias, it's also a physical ailment as rather, in addition to uh, the, the mental changes that most of us are aware of. Okay. So, so uh, I've heard, and I do want to do a program with a financial advisor at some point to talk about long-term long-term health care insurance, but for those of you who are still working and even young, it, would you say it's advisable to just go on and buy long-term care insurance? It's much cheaper if you start when you're younger. Is that correct? It's cheaper when you're younger, and uh, when, you, when you're looking to purchase long-term care insurance, it's a, it's a situation where pre-existing conditions do count. Oh, okay. So the the uh, Affordable Health Care Act didn't change that? No, as long as when you're talking about private long-term care insurance, again, they an assessment is done of your physical condition, whether you're starting to show signs of uh, cognitive problems. Every long-term, with long-term care examinations, uh, they look at everything. That's true. 
I remember when I applied for them, they had me memorizing stuff and reading it back to them and carrying on. I was like, good Lord, you know. <laughs> but uh, it, it that in long-term health insurance, long-term care health insurance would help pay the cost of nursing home care if you needed it. Is that is that the bottom line, though, that we're talking about? You would not, hopefully, you would not need to rely on Medicaid if you had long-term health care. Is that the idea? That's the idea, but you have to uh, shop around and see what kind of uh, policy would work, work best for you. I think at this point, uh, point we're seeing so many changes in the way long-term care is provided. Uh, the the language of the contract should be as broad as possible as allowing not only nursing home care but care in the home, care in an assisted living type mm-hmm. of facility. Mm-hmm. And in addition for, uh, I would say, people 30s, 30s 40s, 50s, uh, you should also sit down and talk with your parents about this because as long as they're healthy, they can apply as well. My father okay. applied when he was 70. Fortunately, really? he was in great health, and it worked out very well until he started to decline from dementia. But, for example, what worked so well for us was that we had the monthly long-term care insurance benefit and we coupled that with his annuity, and that kept us able to preserve his resources for as long as possible. And that's and that's the bottom line. I mean, because I've heard horror stories of all of people's assets being used up. They have no legacy for their children. They have no money left. You know, and and we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars here. Because I have clients who are in nursing homes that are charging six, seven, eight thousand. One is ten thousand dollars a month for nursing home care, and that is not uncommon. It's getting more and more common. And again, I would urge uh, people in their, especially people in their fifties, to consider this because when when you're young, you have no pre pre. Pre-existing conditions, mm-hmm. uh, you're probably going to get a lower rate as okay. well for long-term care insurance. So, if you were to, my God, the time has gone quickly. But if you were to to uh, uh, say something that you would recommend strongly to everyone listening, Donna, what would you would, what would you want them to know? I want everyone to plan whether you have to go I would recommend that you go to attorney Mitchell or someone uh, like her who specializes in wills trusts doing powers of attorney and advanced health directives so you can have the foundation for dealing with these issues you should go to a certified financial planner to review your assets and see uh, what plans are best for your current uh, lifestyle and then prepare for potential uh, infirmity in the future. We're living longer, but if you, when we live a long life, we're often living in a very frail state. That's very good. That's very good because that's very true. That's very true. And so you must prepare to take care of yourself during that time if, if you can. That's true, and if you live in certain communities, say our, our brothers and sisters in the LGBT community, there are going to be many other reasons why uh, planning in terms of long-term care becomes very important. Many people are estranged from their families. Mm-hmm. Uh, some institutions do not want to provide hands-on care, and in that sort of situation, you're either going to end up paying privately or going on Medicaid at, and the you might the, the the your life circumstances might make it more difficult than for many of us to receive uh, the long-term care we deserve that's that's important and and a lot of people don't have children right now that's that's you know anybody also. that doesn't have children or doesn't have someone that even traditionally would be there to take care of you even if they couldn't physically take care of you they're there to kind of watch over what's going on with you i have quite a few clients who really don't have anybody 
you know, they've gotten older, they've outlived their families in some instances, and if they don't have assets, they are really in a difficult situation. That's correct, and uh, if you if you don't have family, you're only going to have a limited choice of uh, who will take care of you. You're probably going to end up uh, having some kind of paid care, yeah. whether it's in your home or in an assisted living facility. Well, Donna, thank you very, very much for informing us and enlightening us about a very, very important subject. Uh, this has been Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. I have to give one quick shout-out. Katina Bird-Miles is my dermatologist, and she has opened her own office at the Gambrels, Maryland, uh, the Skin Oasis Dermatology at 2401 Brander Mill Boulevard, Suite 240. Uh, she is excellent. She treats medical hair loss, skin cancer. Uh, she does Botox. No, I haven't had Botox, folks, okay? Uh, but she's excellent. So give Dr. Miles a call at 410-451-0500. She's really, really good, and I want you all to support her in her new office. This is Attorney Ethel Mitchell. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the program. Next week, we are going to celebrate our one-year anniversary, and we've got a good program that we're planning for you. And February 14th, we have a really good, good program that we've set up. Audrey Chapman, the, the noted author, you know, radio host uh, for over 28 years, and uh, our own Michelle Thomas are going to come and talk to us on Valentine's Day about love and both the, the emotional side and the uh, legal side. So it should be good. It should be really hot. So stay tuned. Next week we'll be here Saturday from 9 to 10 as usual. Attorney Ethel Mitchell, you can give me a call at 202-772-1988. Have a good week. Goodbye. And thank you, Donna. Thank you again. Thank you. <laughs> WOL, where information is power. Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell is sponsored by Equity Resource, a development, construction, and investment firm that is transforming properties throughout the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Our mission is to develop properties at a high level of value, a low risk of investment, while providing impeccable service to our customers. When you're ready to sell, renovate, or invest in a property, choose Equity Resource. Call us today at 202-621-6632 or visit our website, equityresource.net. You've been listening to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 9 a.m. for another informative broadcast. To reach Attorney Mitchell, you may do so by calling 202 772 1988. That's 202 772 1988. Or log on to her website, www.lawtalkwithethelmitchell.com. Fourteen fifty WOL Washington DC and WPRS HD two Waldorf Washington, a Radio One station, and worldwide at WOLDCnews.com. As I went through school, one giant question loomed over me. What did I want to be? But in order to know what I wanted to be, I had to first decide what I wanted to make. I wanted to make more. So I became a teacher. Now I make learning a privilege, not a chore, and frustration a tool, not an obstacle. I make working hard seem easy, and giving up impossible. I make an old subject feel like a fresh thought, and unconventional methods common. I make material things less important, and little things like patience and kindness count. I make weekdays more exciting than weekends, and classrooms feel like anything but. I make things different, which is all I ever hoped for. I'm a teacher. I make more. Find out how you can make more at teach.org. Make more. Teach. Brought to you by Teach and the Ad Council.
Confessions of a Potentially Perfect Parent, brought to you by AdoptUsKids.org. Okay, here goes. I know more about cooking dinner for a party of 12 than I do about packing a lunch for a 12-year-old. I know kids like things like PB&J, pigs in a blanket. Oh, and fish sticks. They do love fish sticks. Fillets I get, but sticks? What part of the fish does the stick come from? I know I can read a cookbook that'll tell me how to make a red wine reduction, but where are the cookbooks that can teach me how to cut the crusts off bologna sandwiches? Oh, maybe we can compromise on mac and cheese. Can you make that with brie? Everybody likes brie, right? You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of teens in foster care who would love to push your food around their plate. Call 1-888-200-4005 or visit adoptuskids.org for more information. This message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt Us Kids, and the Ad Council. News Talk 1450 WOLAM, where information is power. The views and opinions of the following show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of News Talk 1450 WOL, Radio 1 Incorporated, or their management. Today in school, I learned a lot. In chemistry, I learned that no one likes me. In English, I learned that I'm disgusting. And in physics, I learned that I'm a loser. Today in school, I learned that I'm ugly and useless. And in gym, I learned that I'm pathetic and a joke. In history, I learned that I'm trapped. Today in school, I learned that I have no friends. In English, I learned that I make people sick. And at lunch, I learned that I sit on my own because I smell. In chemistry, I learned that no one In biology, I learned that I'm fat and stupid. And in math, I learned that I'm trash. The only thing I didn't learn in school today... The only thing I didn't learn today... The only thing I didn't learn... Is why no one ever helps. Kids witness bullying every day. They want to help, but they don't know how. Teach them how to stop bullying and be more than a bystander at StopBullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. News updates on the web at WOLDCnews.com. The views and opinions of the following show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of News Talk 1450 WOL, Radio 1 Incorporated, or their management. What a beautiful life. All that I've got all that I need. I got you, baby, you got me. What more could I ask for? Already, keep it up with the Joe's downtown studios, the legendary WOL 1450 AM and WLDCDudes.com. We got me, Uncle Corn, Buddha. We here. That's a that's a great song to come in on with a beautiful life. If we if we could just think about that sometimes. And while I just did a remix with this song, so oh, while I did a remix, yeah, sounds real nice, real nice, nice beautiful life. Right, and that's gonna, yeah, that's gonna get a lot of people listening to this. That'll be good, yeah. Yes, yeah, introduce Chuck. Chuck. See, mm-hmm. Paul Smolum Chuck is still talking to us. Beautiful life. Yeah. This day, last day. Well, do we just get right into it? Our show is keeping up with the Joneses. We say if you can keep up, we'll go from one subject matter to another. Sometimes people get slow. I'm not. I'm not. I could have threw a name out there. I could have threw a name out there. I didn't even know. <laughs> you know. But we want to hear from you. One eight hundred four five zero seven eight seven six one one eight hundred four five zero seven eight seven six. And I was. I was actually. I seen an article um, at the Washington Post this week. 
And the, the headlines of it uh, is coming up now. Google is a, I mean, not Google, but uh, my iPad is a good thing. It, it, it had Obama budget proposals would boost spending beyond sequestration caps. Sequestration caps, I'm sorry. So is he asking for more money? Is 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 are we continuing to spend? Because what is the national debt? What's the national debt or debt? Well, 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 it's been coming down because it was which is good. Well, it, it had got up because this well, the president he spent on his watch nine trillion dollars, and it was at one time it was really bad. During his six years, six and a half, seven years. But it's getting better. Well, that's see, you you got to realize where it was. He had got up to the point where we were borrowing, he was borrowing $1.2 trillion every year. That's how, he, you know, and, and, that, and, that, and that, it was over a trillion to three years in a row mm-hmm. that he was actually borrowing and spending. Mm-hmm. Don't know where it went, but it went a lot. These are trillion dollars uh, alone. So from and then with the deficit that he was spending, now that spending had came down to five hundred. Um, what is it? Um, five hundred billion. Mm-hmm. Four eight. I mean four ninety something billion. That's still how much we're borrowing. Mm-hmm. Even this year. So he's, he's so now he's asking to spend more to come in next year, but because maybe because he said it came down a little, so well it came it down a little little from where he was bonded from. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It's not that it was. This is your. This is every citizen's money. It came down from where it was record level because you're talking about nine trillion dollars on our national debt, and in less than six years. That's more. Then every president has bought altogether since the history of America. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Tyrone. That's how important that figure is. Tyrone, welcome to Keeping Up with the Joneses. How are you doing today? Well, good morning to everybody, and I want to wish everybody a very blessed and safe um, week. Week, and um, well, you're talking about that budget. Yeah. And the only way that.